You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paul pushes back to Booker. Up top, Crowder. Bridges fakes, now drives. Extra pass. Great ball movement, but terrific defense as well. Booker trying to draw the foul. Hooked away by Middleton. Bridges inside. Aiden for the layup. And the foul. What a sequence. This is BetQL Daily with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. It is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe OGOG with you. We got a lot to get to. Game three of the NBA Finals coming up on Sunday. We'll look ahead to that. Of course, a big night in baseball. And coming up in a little bit, NFL talk as we look forward to the season and we'll break down the position groups that really can make or break some win totals. So right now, let's get back to the NBA after a game two last night. Suns up 2-0 in this series. Our next guest, Dan Bespris of Hoopball, joins us to talk some NBA. And Dan, the Suns are in front. They're up 2-0. Yet you look out right now and Chris Paul you can get it. It's still minus 130 to win the MVP. It feels like a lock. Dan, why do you think the odds are where they are for that right now? Yeah, you know, he was the he was the he favorite, was the favorite going, going into the series, series at, at uh, somewhere, in the, somewhere in the neighborhood of. So the uh, excuse me, I don't know. If, did, did I cut out a little bit there or is everything still working? OK, we got you. OK, good. Uh, so he was sort of already the lead horse going into the series. And then what we saw in game one, you, you saw this, like it, it unfolded before your eyes. The reason that, that we're seeing other names out there is for one, Devin Booker actually played better than Chris Paul yesterday. Uh, I don't think that's going to change the storyline of Chris Paul going for his first championship in year 35 or whatever, whatever we're at with him now. <laughs> and then you have to have Giannis on the board as well, because he had 42 and 12 in yesterday's ball game. And that is sort of your hedge if you're an odds maker or even if you're a better, if you think Milwaukee has any chance to win this series, that one's sort of a shoe in as well. So uh, you have these other names out there. Anyone going beyond that, it's probably folks that aren't paying a ton of attention to it and thinking, oh, sweet, a long shot like Chris Middleton at, at uh, plus 8,000. That's a reason to do something. But yeah, I mean, if this series continues the way it has been so far, Chris Paul is the obvious choice and the one that they want it to be. But there are things that can change that storyline. Any weird little thing can happen. And so you got to keep those other names on the board. Yeah, the odds are telling us if the Bucks win, it is 100% Giannis. Plus 400 <laughs> to win the series, plus 400 for Giannis to be the MVP. But after Booker's performance last night, that is uh, not the case. The poll number pretty much stays the same, but the Suns are minus 500 here. Okay, so let's let's try to make a case for Milwaukee heading home down 0-2. It's happened in the past. We've seen it the last time was 2016. 
uh, with LeBron down 0-2 in the series, makes the comeback. It's happened four times. Now, 89% of the time, the team that goes up 2-0 ends up winning the title. The Suns' injuries. Saric with the ACL. Torrey Craig goes down. So not the frontline guys, not the guys that are going to be logging uh, 35 plus minutes per night, but this hurts their depth a little bit. Do you think it'll have a big impact? I don't really. Uh, you got a ton of time between finals games, so they'll just play the starters 42, 44 minutes, whatever it takes. I'm actually more interested in, and I don't mean to change the subject. Mm-hmm. I actually just think that we've seen a few sort of anomalous performances, not necessarily on a player-by-player basis, but just things that stick out as unusual and maybe not that likely to happen again. For instance, Devin Booker hit seven three-pointers in yesterday's ballgame. I think he only did that one other time this entire season, and it actually happened in the postseason. I'm pretty sure it was against the Lakers a few weeks ago. Uh, The Suns hitting 23-pointers. I think they only did that four times during the regular season. So these are things, and yes, Milwaukee does play a lot of drop coverage. They sort of dare teams to beat them from the three-point line. If teams are reigning in threes the way the Suns did yesterday, the Bucs are going to lose. I actually thought Milwaukee, on the whole, played relatively well yesterday. I know Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton had terrible offensive games. I still like what Drew does on defense, so that's sort of... To me, even if he has a bad offensive game, I still think that you're getting what you need to out of him. If they got a half-decent performance out of Chris Middleton or even Brooke Lopez in yesterday's game, it's coming down to the wire instead of a 10-point game. Or flip it on its head and say, what if Mikael Bridges, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, uh, Cam Johnson, Torrey Craig before he got hurt, what if these guys weren't making every three-pointer they took even when they were contested? You have a good ball game. So I feel like... We've actually seen, and you could do the same thing with game one and the free throw line for Phoenix. If you take away some of this anomalous stuff, you actually have two games that would probably have been decided within the last 30 seconds. I still think we actually have a series going to Milwaukee. And I know that I'm probably sounding a little bit crazy on that front. But if you're looking at just sort of what happens on a percentage basis, this series should still be pretty good. Dan uh, Bespris of Hoopball joining us here, talking some NBA game three. The finals comes up on Sunday night. Dan, so off of that, what you just said, we could still have a series here. We might still have a series here. It's just play out kind of weird the first two games. Is there some value here? Would, would you take a, a shot on Giannis to win the MVP? Because as Joe said a few minutes ago, if the Bucks come back and win, he's going to be the MVP. Do you think there's value there around plus 400 Giannis to win finals MVP? Yeah, you know, I was looking at Giannis to win finals MVP. I was looking at the series prices. I think with home court, I'd probably still lean away from the Milwaukee stuff. Like, I think they probably win two, maybe even three games. But I do think ultimately the Suns win the series. So while I do see a little bit of value there, I I still think that the play probably was getting in on some Phoenix stuff before the series even started. And we may have kind of missed the window on that. If you want to get wild... Uh, There are some exotic playoff exact results type stuff where you think the series is going to finish in six or seven games. If you think the Bucs win it in seven, that's a plus 650 at some outlets. Uh, If you think the Suns win it in six, that's at plus 420. I think some of that stuff uh, or the Suns win it in seven, actually, you could get that at about plus 400, kind of the same as if you're taking the Bucs. I actually think you may have a slightly better opportunity there because who... Let me. I'm going to answer a question with a question. 
Does anyone think the Bucks now rattle off four wins in a row? Because I don't. No. So no if you chance. think the Bucks win, they probably do it in seven, and that's at plus 650. So you're even getting better odds than if you went Giannis or just Milwaukee to win the series. Yeah, that uh, that certainly certainly makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I got a little into the weeds there, didn't I? <laughs> no, I mean, it would just I, – I understand with Milwaukee now going back home, if you think they're going to win one and – but when you take a step back and you look at the series overall, you really think they're going to win four or five against this Phoenix team? Like, does anybody not. really think that? And 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 you've got to win in Phoenix too. Well, let's stick with game three on Sunday. Does it surprise you that games one and two both closed? Suns minus four and a half. And now we're flipping the script. Bucks down 0-2. Desperation at home where they played great. But now the Bucks are four-point favorites. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, that moved pretty far. Um, playoff games we've seen generally shift about seven to eight points, and this one's more in the nine range. So maybe there is that desperation factor. Perhaps oddsmakers saw more out of Giannis yesterday. I think maybe there was a, a bit of a question as to how healthy he would be in this series, and and perhaps there was a bit of trepidation. You know, there there were stretches where yesterday's ball game was in the Phoenix by five or even five and a half range before I think we we had confirmation of who was in, who was out, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that does surprise me. I'm chalking it up to uh, the the expectation now that Giannis is basically 100% healthy, which, by the way, how insane is it that he's playing this well on, like, one and a half knees? That man really is a freak, and... You know, I've I've clobbered him for not having a game that always translates to the playoffs when teams can pack the paint. He was incredible yesterday. He just one stride from the three-point line to the restricted area and then a little hook shot. It was brilliant. He totally changed his offensive game to deal with the fact that teams weren't letting him get all the way to the rim. Just needed a little bit of help and they could have gotten over the hump. Dan, when you look at game three from a player perspective, player props, uh, what, what are you feeling, especially Chris Middleton? It's always fascinates me. Chris Middleton's over-under is always fascinating because he, sometimes he flies over. Like, he, he could be 22 and a half. He's at 38 points. You feel great by halftime. And there's games like last night where he's totally invisible. He does seem to shoot better at home. Do you feel like Middleton bounces back? How would you play that with Chris Middleton and, and always difficult, the, the point total for him? Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty hit or miss in these playoffs, which is weird because during the regular season, he's one of the more consistent players, not just on the Bucks, but in the NBA. Uh, I don't remember last I've, I've sort of wiped the entire 2020 year out of my brain, but I'm fairly certain that he was pushing a 50, 40, 90 season last year. And that's someone who doesn't have that much sort of polar extremes to what he's doing on the basketball court. And yet here we are in these playoffs where you're getting either, either like you said, the monster game or the dud. And, you know, to his credit, he got his his rebounds. He got his assists in these games, but they need those shots to drop. I do think he bounces back. I don't think there was anything the Suns were doing special against Middleton that 
You know, he went for 29 and seven in game one on 26 shots in yesterday's ball game. His shot total came down to only 16, but I think that was just Giannis doing more. They uh, drew, got a few of those open looks. I, I would expect Middleton to play better at home, uh, but you are, you are flipping a coin a little bit in these playoffs. Are you going to get good Chris or bad Chris? I, I just, you know, I, I think his matchup is fine. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it it's pretty weird it, it, more than anything else, more than I can say, look, this is going to be one of his good games. It's weird how inconsistent he's been in the playoffs compared to how consistent he is every other game. Uh, Dan, not only are you flipping a coin on which Middleton is going to show up from game to game, you've been flipping a coin on which team is going to win every single series. A lot of upsets. And Adam Silver, maybe uh, he's just saying what he has to in front of an open microphone. Oh, he loves it. Here's parody in the NBA moving forward. I, I, I would argue with that. I'd guess that you would do the same. But just as a fan outside of the betting realm for a minute, um, t- do you tend to uh, to love or hate this playoffs i've actually liked them a lot um i am so first first and foremost betting and fantasy sports so i try to be i try to detach myself from most teams but because fantasy sports and for me at least when the regular season's over i am not that secretly a lakers fan i'm from los angeles i grew up here grew up on lakers dodgers uh and so that you know I, i have a little bit of a soft spot for them and i think the nba does as well from a personal standpoint, these playoffs have been a lot of fun. You've had a lot of six and seven game series. There's been a lot of competitive balance. I will turn it back to the one thing that I know everybody's talking about, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but having a superstar or two go down in every single series has been a huge bummer. It's, it's, I don't want to take things away from the Bucks or the Suns. I'm dreading the rating stories that we're going to see in the next Yeah. It's going to be brutal. And I've listened to some local sports talk in Los Angeles has just been God awful on some of this stuff. Where they're like, there's no star power in this series. I'm like, dude, you got a two time MVP in this series. What are you talking about? There's star power. You have Chris Paul who like the point God, they named him that because he's a deity. You don't have star power. Okay. But you know, terrible LA sports talk radio aside, uh, yeah, I mean that the bummer here is will ratings be down? I don't know, like maybe, but there is star power. If the ratings are down, it's because in my estimation, the NBA finals uh and the NBA playoffs in general take like 4 months to get through and there's a certain bit of uh attrition for NBA fans at this point, especially when you have 2 days off between games, which we have right now. I'm going to forget what day the finals game is on because they can't just do it every other day. I I get it like you have to travel but chartered planes from Milwaukee to Phoenix, what's that, a two-and-a-half-hour flight? I think I think these guys can handle one day off between playoff games. But yeah, the, the stories on ratings are going to be atrocious. And luckily, they will hopefully be counterbalanced by stories about how the ratings are back up from uh, COVID year. And maybe it'll just get, all get caught up in the wash. Dan, we have about a minute left. Adam Silver today threw out an idea that maybe this is good for the NBA. Maybe parity is good for the NBA moving forward. You agree with him on that? Because it was a strange quote from a commissioner of a league that has lived on dynasties and stars and star power carrying the day. What, what do you think of what Silver said? I think he can say it and I think he can believe it because there is a shred of truth to it. And it's this whole it's tied to the notion that the parody is among teams with needle movers on them. Like he's happy 
if Luka Doncic is on one of those teams where there's parity, he's happy if LeBron, if Kawhi, if Giannis, if uh, Embiid, if anyone on the Brooklyn Nets, because they're all superstars. If those guys are involved in this parity battle, he's thrilled. But if you get stuck with a spot where the parody is like Utah gets through, then he probably doesn't quite mean it as much, which again, no offense to the jazz. They don't have Donovan Mitchell is the closest thing they got to a needle mover on that team. But I don't think most people know the players on the jazz. So yeah. And maybe you could even say the, say the same thing about the nuggets, even though they have the MVP, there is an element of truth to it, but it's not all true. Yeah, that's commissioner speak right there. An element of truth, and I'll, I'll say it out loud. Dan <laughs> Vespers of football, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, we enjoy your coverage, Dan Bay. Let's catch up and do this again. Thanks, guys. Soon. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk some NFL, NFL here on BeckQL Daily. Which position groups in the AFC will make or break win totals? I've got a couple teams to talk about. Joe has a couple teams to talk about, and we'll talk about them next right here on the BeckQL Network.